Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B podcast. I'm Alex from Xgrowth. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what was behind their failures, or as we like to call them, hard-learned lessons. If you enjoy the episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and share the pod with a friend you think could get value out of it. And of course, make sure to join the community Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. That's enough from me though, let's dive right in. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with Xgrowth and today I'm talking to Lubaina Rangwala, the global ABM lead at ThoughtWorks about her approach to ABM across multiple different geographical locations in the APAC region. This is super exciting considering the vast differences between APAC cultures and nations and how these factors impact marketing and ABM campaigns. On that note, let's dive in. Lubaina, thanks for joining us. Shaheen, I'm happy to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm super excited for this. I mean, APAC is a big thing and, you know, I'm I'm really really excited to talk about this because we've we've had challenges in the past when when we run campaigns with our clients and the differences across the geographies is something to take into consideration and and really hard to scale in some situations, right? If it's if it's like a yeah. central team for APAC and it's sometimes funny that uh Japan, and we were just making a joke out of it, Japan, Pakistan, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, New Zealand all fall under the same umbrella, right? Yep. So um, so I, I'd love to explore and, and, and talk about what are some of the geographical um, teams that you work with for, for ABM? You know, before I talk about the teams, I just want to talk about a little bit about the way I work with them. And we have a you know ABM Center of Excellence model. So I belong to the Global um, Center of Excellence team, and I work with regions, um, both APAC and uh, globally. And um, so the APAC region itself are headed by wonderful you know marketers and and very talented people there. And I wanted to mention this because I know that sometimes when I'm introduced as somebody who's leading something, you know, people forget that there's actually like teams sort of running this. So I just wanted to call that out. Within uh, the APAC region, uh, I work with China, India, Australia, and Southeast Asia, where Singapore is, is you know, the main market there, and also Thailand and Indonesia. So that's, that's the APAC spread. No Japan or New Zealand there yet, but you know, who knows? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay. All right. Let's talk about, let's talk about differences between across the you know the different teams you know as in how are the teams approaches different in in different parts of APAC to ABM? Uh, that's a really good question actually and I think you know the way the team approaches ABM it varies based on like there are many things that you know have an impact on that uh it could be the region, the demand that we have from the region itself. So, you know, how the markets are uh, economically, how um, strong they are. It could also be the ABM capabilities of the team. So, you know, depending on the individual capabilities of the marketers within the team. But And it could also be like the relationships that the regional marketing team has with the sales executives within the team. And all of that has, has a lot of, you know, uh, cultural dependencies as well and and economic ones as well. So with all of the regions that I've mentioned, it's 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 very different. 
but you know if i were to like i think i can i can sort of say that with what we're seeing in the market you know india and china at least when we try to engage with executives in those markets right they they rely a lot on face to face conversations over digital and and over online stuff so we still continue to you know have those tactics within those markets like we 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 may have webinars because with the pandemic um it was impossible to do anything else otherwise but what happens is at least within india and china the power centers are um very um you know centralized very concentrated so there's there's a lot of decision making power with just a few people and so the amount of there's a lot of competition for the mind share for for those you know select people and and so if you're looking at you know industries that people generally target so if you have you know financial services or healthcare or, or those kind of industries right you're talking to like a very very few set of people and and so everybody is talking to them and so you you've got to really demonstrate value from the start because again both india and china the regions are very very you know value centric more than brand centric like they want to see what you can do for them even though you know you're a great brand you've got a great reputation that's fine but what is it that you can show me now like can you show me the value of actually what you will do for me so that's what you know we've kind of observed in in those regions and so the approach of the marketing team there has been to you know influence our way up the value chain so while it is important to talk to the power centers there's a lot of you know influence and word of mouth that they also depend on so we really have to get to you know the, the second and the third levels of influence of those decision makers as well so we so if you were you know if we were to look at the funnel approach we look at you know influencing more and more people digitally but at the bottom of the funnel when we're looking at like more uh, you know um, i guess like conversion related uh, actions it has to be face to face and it has to be physical so that's the approach uh, with with those two markets and i'm just being very broad over here it's so um, you know i think each of them is so complex and sometimes even the industries within them have so many complexities that it's uh, it's sort of it's, it's extremely interesting but you know we could we could spend like well more than an hour to talk about it what what is what is the kind of differences that you see you know if if that is very in in india and china it's very focused on some core decision makers what are some of the differences that you see in that situation compared to you know southeast asia uh, singapore and in australia so within singapore and australia and in, in contrast to india and china you know india and china we have uh, this this it's it's very voluminous and so the scale is really large with australia and um singapore the market is actually quite saturated like compared to the other two as well so at least what we found is when you work with you know a few set of people word of mouth spreads really really fast um because everybody sort of you know knows everybody within the region and um, so you you can get a reputation really really quickly if you do good work like you get a very good reputation and so that is usually you know a really good thing because then people automatically like when they think of you know thought works they think ah you know we worked with you know somebody from here has worked with them and so yes we rely on them and all of that so that kind of works really well in our favor but we've seen that that works really well within um singapore and australia and so the approach here and one of the things that they also respond to is you know singapore especially like they they want to see how this is being done in like you know the uh, 
how how is it being done elsewhere like they want to know you know if we're doing digital transformation or if we're doing something like how is it being done elsewhere so the approach that we've found that works really well is to use thought leadership as a way to connect with that audience and to show them that you know you know you're an industry leader in this space this is what the industry is looking at this is what the trends are looking at this is what is happening and so that's something they respond to really well and and they you know it kind of cements the reputation a little bit more there and um yeah and we also see that you know they are like uh, the audience from singapore and australia they are more comfortable um engaging online like we've had no issues or you know any hesitancy or anything like they're more comfortable engaging online we've had you know conversations with them completely you know completely remotely like it, it's it's been absolutely fine to not uh, physically meet or anything but i think culturally that's probably like a difference between um between these countries that uh, between these regions and um that's what we've observed so the teams have you know kind of used similar approaches to sort of engage with those audiences got it got it i, I yeah, that's very interesting and you know it's it's interesting that you talk about singapore you know wanting to see best practices and probably you know people in singapore want to see it from from other places in the world right so yes. what is going on in australia what's going on in 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 europe what's going on in in north america and then that cascades down uh, and one one of the things that we found is uh, countries like malaysia indonesia Thailand, they look up to Singapore. Yes, um, like what's <laughs> happening right. in Singapore, and uh, is that is that you have you noticed that as well? I mean, I don't know if they're looking up at what's happening in Singapore, but I would imagine that for Singapore, the benchmark is you know what is what is happening in North America, what's happening in Australia, and for Indonesia and Thailand, it's more like they want to know what's what will work for them. you know so they're more open to looking at what's happening in singapore because they know that if it works there it will probably work for us so it's it's yeah that's what we've observed very interesting we've talked about a little bit about the tactics that um that you and the mm-hmm. team have, have used Are, is there anything else that comes to mind and from from tactics that you've seen you, you've talked about the online versus offline component but is there anything mm-hmm. else that comes to mind that it was was very clear or the differences that you saw across these uh these geographies you know i think one of the things that one of the things that we found that actually works i i would say this is something that we i found like actually as a commonality between all uh, all the regions is whether it's you know a physical uh, meet up or whether it's virtual like depending on you know the cultural uh, nature of that region they respond really well to a brand name which means that if you have a thought leader like a very well known name with you know delivering that content either virtually or in in person that's the thing that kind of draws people to the meetup so if you have the same content that's going to be delivered by you know someone who's probably not as well known it'll not draw that many people there so you know i know i know we say content is king and i know you know that's that's the most important part but because and especially because of the pandemic people don't have they don't want to spend a lot of time on zoom so they really really want to be able to see that they will get you know their times worth and so we found that you know whether whichever way you're trying to approach them if you have a really well known thought leader behind that that actually really draws people to to read it and and it it's not surprising i think anymore 
but yeah we i that's what i found as a sort of common um between the regions tactically and and i think that's what we've started using more of um the other thing that we found as a tactic that works is i think one of the things that you know at least in uh, when we kind of get to the bottom of the funnel people are more open to partnering to actually create content and that actually is we found that people are more open to that than you know come and attend an event with us so like if i if i say hey you know just come and you know like like attend this webinar or attend this thing they're like okay you know i may but mostly i'll pass it on to my team but if i offer like you know we want to we want to create this blog with you and we we'd like a couple of quotes from you i think that's people are at the exact level are more open to that and i think it's the ikea effect you know the fact that you help people like when they create something it becomes more dear to them so i i i see that that actually uh, sort of has worked really well for us i love that can you can you i mean you talked about the blog thing can you give a little bit more you know any particular examples that that come to mind with regards to this kind of collaboration sure so i i i won't take like names as such but you know thoughtworks we have a we have a blog that we publish um, which is called insights and it's open to people from within thoughtworks to actually you know write about and and it's 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 a thought leadership gallery as well of of people who work with us so it's also an opportunity for anybody who works you know um in thoughtworks to kind of have an opinion and and share that with the world outside sometimes what we do is while we're writing this because we work so closely with the customers it's also an opportunity for them to have their name published right in 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 an online publication so we we went in the past especially when we've had a very very good working relationship with uh you know with a client we reached out to them and we asked them would you be open to you know writing this with us and what usually happens is there's immediately the concern is of time right but then you know we see we say that's okay you know we'll interview you we'll we'll get the we'll get the notes out and we want your review you know we want your thing and then you know and and then we'll publish it so what is in it for them is the brand name like hey i have my name out there that's that's very interesting they also see the marketing team as somebody who cares about their personal brand and their growth and also you know the um, the company's brand as well so that has worked really well and uh, yeah and and we've done it in the past with like a few people and it has worked really well for us interesting and and you know has this been something that you've done specifically with existing customers or you have have you included people outside of the uh the existing customers of 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 thoughtworks like reaching out cold to people no we we've done this only with existing customers got it yeah. got it okay yeah, yeah. no sounds good now i also want to explore you've you've been on this journey of creating the center of excellence within thoughtworks for a while now and and i think this is another level of maturity for organizations right so organizations usually if they're multinational one uh, one arm of the organization if it's emea or apac or you know somebody runs a pilot project then another pilot project pops up in in north america maybe and another one in emea and then and then slowly slowly one shares ideas with another one and then eventually it grows to a point that hey we need a center of excellence and we need to build this out and uh, and and create a more central source of truth for our abm efforts what are some of the mistakes that 
you've come across while building that uh, at, at ThoughtWorks? I feel like, you know, I could share so many. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do the top, because... top, you know, two or three. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I actually don't call them mistakes because um, we've, we've learned from, um, from everything, you know. And I think one of the things that, um, and I take accountability for that. So, so I won't say we, I'll say I. But one of the things that I've learned is the way, you know, the way, and, and because I've spoken about ROI before, um, the way we measure our ABM tactics and activities. Um, I think that's been a big, big learning from a center of excellence perspective, because when, you know, it's it's really attractive to look at, hey, we've had like 150 webinar attendees for this, you know, for this particular webinar that we did, and, and we spent only so much. And especially when you look at it across regions without context, it can seem that, you know, some are doing much, much more than the others. So you may have a region like China and India where, you know, for the same amount of dollars spent, you have way more attendees than a region like Singapore and Australia. Instead of looking at it like that, and, and you know, uh, of course, there's a name for it, that, that's vanity metrics. So we were looking at what's a good way to kind of qualify this so that it's relevant, but it can also be standardized. And that's really challenging because we're looking at, you know, completely different regions. So instead so we've tried and we're still trying to have extremely relevant metrics. So in that case, you know, we would look at who are the decision makers that have, you know, attended or, or, or been touched by that event. And so it is very important to qualify that out and look at the seniority of the people and the buying power and, and you know, especially in the B2B space, right? Because it's great that you've had, you know, 500 people attending, but out of that, who are the people I can really influence, you know, and and which one of them will actually be relevant to my pipeline. Because with an organization at a B2B level, you're also influencing not just on buying power, but you're also influencing on, on the recruitment and supply side, right? So you're, you're kind of, you're doing both sometimes. So um, especially from a, from a customer marketing perspective, it's really important to kind of qualify the, the decision makers out. And so that's something that, you know, that we've learned to do. And, and, once in a while, we still look at the vanity metrics and feel happy because that's what they're there for. But uh, but I think at an ROI level, it's really important to kind of qualify. So that's that's definitely a learning that we've had. Yeah. Yeah. They're, the webinar attendees are like uh, like the Instagram <laughs> likes, right? Um, <laughs> you want to get more, regardless if it's vanity or not. You want more yeah, of them, yeah. but uh, but you also know that it doesn't necessarily mean much. Um, anything else that comes to mind? There is one thing that comes to mind, and I know, you know, you, you talked about it briefly in the beginning. So as a global center of excellence, right, like it's, I think one thing that we we cautiously do not do is create something and then expect everybody to do it the same way. <laughs> so like we don't have a one-size-fit-all ABM campaign or anything. It cannot be a one-size-fit-all because, because especially, um, you know, in this context, the APAC regions are so different from each other that it's not just the campaign design, but even the timing that has an impact, right? Because at which time, you know, obviously um, China has Chinese New Year, which is a very important time in, in their you know, calendar. And then Australia has you know, the Christmas holidays and everything. And so that's a very important in their calendar. And similarly for Singapore and then similarly for India, which has Diwali. So like for these are, this is a very obvious thing I'm talking about the holidays. 
but apart from there even like at an account level of the accounts that are important for those regions timing is really important for them so when we create something at a global level and say this is you know for the for the regions to execute i think we have learned to rely and trust the regional teams to execute it at a level that they you know that they think is right for the region and so there's a level of customization that you know that is expected because abm is all about customization but i think that regional context we we can't create something and say hey this is you know this is for everybody and and everybody across apac has to do this so that that's just not going to work so it has to be you know it has to be done at a level that is appropriate for the region and that's appropriate for the accounts within the region got it yeah, yeah. it makes sense because yeah i mean the, the holidays is one thing uh financial years is another thing there are yeah. different times of the year that 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 ends for different countries and even different com- companies so I, i i absolutely see what you what you mean by that now the the last question that i want to ask is what are some of the initiatives that you're looking to implement in in the near future in in these regions now what what is, what's what's on the table what's on the table so i i love this question because it always uh you know it's something that makes me think about what's what's to look forward to um and that's already all, always very exciting <laughs> it's always very exciting and one of the things that you know i i that i'm excited about to to have within the regions is we so far we've got you know a robust one to one abm program and i'm looking to we're looking to scale that and and have some you know interesting industry abm programs so that's something i'm looking forward to the other thing is you know abm is actually it's so vast right and it's it's a very broad vast field and there's so much to learn from and there's so much there's so much strategy behind it and and it's not it's not just what tactics do we execute for this account but also you know helping marketers to work with sales towards like common goals and then you know traditionally what happens is obviously you know sales and demand come up with the goals and say okay marketing we need a newsletter we need this we need that right but abm is is not about is is not about that abm is about these are our goals marketing tell us how how can you help us support these goals right like can you have a way for us or let's work on a way together so it's it's about creating that relationship one of the things that i'm looking forward to is piloting some very deep strategic abm workshops for for some of our accounts um because i think that addresses what we want to do at two levels one is at a capability level like get marketers to understand that or at least get familiar with this is the way that that abm can be done like we can we can do these deep strategic sessions and other thing is to actually you know help sales and demand see that as well because it's not just a marketing responsibility it is it is a you know it is a partnership so to help them also see that this is possible and you know so many things can be possible with good abm so let's let's work towards that so that's that's something i'm looking forward to as well i love that you know i think i think having an initiative an actual line item Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we you know we kind of implement this for every single client that we work with because we've we kind of been burned by not not implementing it and that's uh that how do you how do you get sales excited right what do you need to show them and you 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 you, you know you said it perfectly you're showing them what's possible 
And when you show them what's possible, you see this sparkle in their, in their eyes. And they're like, you could do that for my account, the account that I'm <laughs> responsible for. And, uh, and, and making them see the potential commission from, uh, from the sales that they're going <laughs> to land, right? That's, uh, that's just such a, um, it's hard because I think, just like you said, marketers really need to understand the world of sales to, to understand what they care about. And sometimes they, you know, they care about some very selfish things. And, you know, usually what, what is selfish for sales uh, is, is good for the business to some degree. Well, with, 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 you know, with, with, uh, with a degree of, of variability, but to some degree, you know, they're, they are motivated by commission that is translated from the sales and understanding that, and then being able to excite, uh, the sales team is, is, uh, is a big, big part of ABM success. So I love that you, you bring that up and that sounds uh, super, super cool. Now, before we wrap up, you know, I have a couple of rapid fire questions that I want to ask you, but uh, is there anything that, that you think with regards to APAC, the differences, the tactics, the mistakes, the things to keep an eye out for, uh, is there anything that you think I maybe didn't ask that it's, it's worth us exploring before we wrap up this, uh, this topic? I think, no, I think we're good. I think I've shared everything Covered that I everything. need to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So let's, let's, let's jump into the rapid fire questions. Okay. So the first thing that I want to ask is what is one resource? It could be a book, podcast, blog, whatever it is that, you know, you've, you've consumed and it's fundamentally changed the way you, you work or you live. So it, that's a tough one <laughs> because so many things they change you in little little ways and obviously uh it's, it's a big world but if you want to so, you know i asked that question <laughs> and what's the first thing that comes to your mind lubena you the gotta you gotta thing. get yeah, there we go there yeah there, so there the, is a first, the first thing. thing yeah the first thing that came to my mind was it's the book atomic habits by james clear i just finished and that that was so good did you it is I so good did. isn't it and I always hesitate to say it because I don't think it has changed the way I live, but it's definitely changed the way I think. <laughs> you know, so I, I love that. I love a that you said. Book, yeah. I was not. I was. I was a bit hesitant of p- picking it up because you know everybody was talking about it, and I was like, you know, is this like n- another like popular psychology thing? Um, <laughs> and then I was. I was on another another podcast, and uh, I was talking to one of our guests. And he recommended the book. And I was like, you know what? If if this guy recommends a book, yeah. I got to check it out. And I checked it out and it was good. It was a great it book. It is good. It's good. Okay. Good yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's go to question number two. If you could give only one advice, one piece of advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? If it was one advice to B2B marketers. So, you know, I have got this advice. And I feel like I need to action it. So that's why I'm going to give this to like the other B2B marketers as well. It's about, you know, when, when we say marketers need to be data driven and we need to be, you know, we need to look at data. Or one of the things that I wish I could have done sooner in my life is to not take no or rejection so personally at a campaign level. Because, you know, when something doesn't work as a marketer because you've designed it and you've created it, to feel bad right and that's why we kind of rely on vanity metrics and just something to make it sort of seem like a success because you're like i worked really hard on this you know here you go this is this is this is how it looks now so i think it's it's about that and actually something that the sales folks do really well is is not 
take no so personally and you know and they sort of they kind of leave it aside and then they try again and they try again and i think that's the persistent um that's the level of persistence we need for marketing as well like okay this didn't work okay let's put it aside and let's try again and let's try again so got it that's got what it. i think yeah all right love it question number 3 what are some of the, who are some of the influencers that you follow in the in the b2b in the abm space Ah, uh, there are so so many actually. There are so top many. Three. So top I... three that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, gotta go quick. Top three. All right. So there is, I think, from marketing perspective, uh, the person that I whose work I relied on to actually introduce myself to digital marketing was Rand Fishkin of Moz, and I, I feel like you know it's an exercise in content marketing. Actually, the kind of the kind of work that he's done, it's amazing, and so I. really relied on that to get my start from an abm perspective you know jemma davis the service now i really love the kind of conversations she has for center of excellence and because that's something that i'm doing currently i really rely on a lot of thought leadership that she provides so that's definitely my number 2 and uh, from the perspective of you know i'm based in india so i'm actually always looking to connect with abmers within india and and sort of you know follow the abm journey over here uh, one of the abm journeys that really impressed me was what infosys actually is doing and so there's navin ram mohan who's the vp of marketing at infosys and so i you know i i listened to a couple of things that they were doing so that he's another influencer that i follow in this space i love it i love it last question is what's something that excites you about b2b today This is such an exciting question actually. So there's there's obviously, you know, um it's an exciting space when you think about it really broadly. I mean even the even though sometimes like the day-to-day stuff may seem like <laughs> frustrating, but I think one of the things that really really excites me is where we have so many tools actually that are available to us today and you know, uh, the the broadest search in google has to be marketing tools right like you could just go on and on there's just so many things that are available to us and all of that helps us kind of scale marketing for us so earlier when it was a challenge to reach out to a thousand people now it's nothing it is so easy for us to reach out to a thousand people and so we also because of these tools we also get so much insight on you know who our audience is and how do we segment them and what do they like and you know what could what could we pitch to them or or what could we you know we sell to them all of that so you get so many things and so many insights and so much analytics and and all of that is available and yet what we're doing is something so primitive because what we're actually trying to do is connect with another human being right so i think that is really exciting to me because we have the capacity and the ability to do this at at such a huge scale that that wasn't possible before to actually have these connections um with another human being and to kind of you know get that to to actually create that relationship and i think what's really exciting for me is that i don't forget that you know like we don't forget that that we are actually talking to a human being at the end of this and we're actually selling to another person and even though it's b2b or b2c or whatever like you have a human being at the end of that and so to remember that you know that's that's who you're talking to so that's very exciting for me i love it i love it lupena this has been a awesome conversation i really enjoyed our chat i think i think there was there were a lot of insights that uh, that you dropped there and you know i think it's a it's a very interesting conversation for a lot of people considering abm is so new in the apac region and and a lot of people will have a lot of questions that they're trying to answer so i really appreciate you jumping on the podcast and and having this conversation with me 
Thanks, Shaheen. It was absolutely my pleasure. There is nothing I like better than having a conversation about ABM with a colleague. So I love that. Thank you. Love it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving us that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and sharing the pod with a friend. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please make sure to join the community Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks again for all the support. We're looking forward to seeing you again in the next one.